So if you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in Romans chapter 9. And we're going to take a look together at what can be a really troubling text from this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And the next three chapters are going to be a struggle really for us. Paul's addressing, in, in these next three chapters, he's addressing the nation of Israel. But there's so many things that he says that are appropriate and applicable for us as well. And that's what I want to try to pull out for us this morning as we, as we take a, a deeper look at that. And, and I'll dig into some of that in just a second. Because last week over breakfast, we shared from Romans chapter 8. And if you remember, we called it, or we didn't call it, somebody smarter than me called it the greatest chapter of this letter, of this book, and we broke it, we being human beings, we broke this into chapters. Paul didn't write it in chapters, but the way it is broken out, scholars call this the greatest chapter that was ever written, and it was revolutionary what Paul was saying to the audience and to the people, and in the context that he wrote this, and if you remember, just a quick recap, because some of us weren't able to be here last week, but just a quick recap, what Paul brought out to us over and over and over last week was that word freedom. We're, we have freedom from judgment, freedom from defeat, freedom from discouragement, freedom from fear. And again, how appropriate, just how appropriate was it that last Sunday, that's where we were in the word and, and I, I really do, I, I think sometimes God works in our lives in ways that, that we don't understand and we can't explain. And last week, we were together celebrating all of those things that Paul unwrapped for us in chapter 8 and telling us that God is pursuing us and we don't have to perform. And, and it's not up to us. It's all because of the work that Jesus Christ has done. And we have a triumph, untouchable triumph was the words I used last week. And that this is something that we ought to preach to our heart. This victory, this freedom is something that we should preach to ourselves and then we head into this week, and just like I shared a couple of minutes ago, you know, the, the still and the calmness and all the things that stir up, I was really glad that last Sunday we talked about the freedom that we have in Christ because it was another great reminder for me every day, and I know some of you did because of some of the texts that I got, but I challenged you. And I'm still challenging you every day through the end of this month, through the end of February, Read Romans 8, 31 through 39. And if you can do it to start your day, do it in the morning to start your day. Romans 8, 31 through 39. And if you need to read it three or four times a day, do it. I encourage you to do that and just see what God says to you, how he speaks to your heart, how he works in your life. And, and for me, and, and not bragging, but to tell y'all how I did this so that I don't forget what I've asked you to do, and I, I stay committed to it. I printed it out, and it's on my mirror right in front of me when I'm brushing my teeth and fixing my beautiful hair every morning. I'm, I'm reading Romans 8, 31 through 39 to, to really to energize me 
as I start the day and start the day in Christ and in that freedom that we have in him. So now let's, let's move into uh, to chapter 9 and, and see, let's just see what Paul has for us and has for, again, in his audience the nation of Israel. Let's start, uh, let's read verses 1 through 4 together um, to start our study this morning. Paul continues to write, With Christ is my witness. I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would will, be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. And again, Paul's audience, as, as we're digging into these next three chapters, his audience, it's like, he, it's like he almost takes a break in the letter to the church at Rome to address specifically uh, the nation of Israel, the Jews that were there in Rome that were part of the church, God's chosen people. God's chosen people. But if you, if you read this and, and really look at what, what Paul's saying, it's almost like they're God's chosen people, but now they're, they're set aside. They're God's chosen people, but now he's building his church without them. Because now the Gentiles, the others, the other nations are part of the work that God is doing. And Paul himself the apostle to the Gentile nations, to take the word to the people outside of the covenant people. And, and the question that you have to know is being asked, and Paul is addressing it, did God fail to keep his promise to the nation of Israel? That's, that's just right up front one of the things that, that we can see that Paul is tackling. And in verse, or chapter 9, he, he's talking to the Israelite people about their past election. God as their chosen people. We'll see next week um, how they've rejected Christ. And then when we get to chapter 11, their future restoration. They're still, the, the, and that's the thing that Paul is trying to get this audience to understand. There's still hope and there's still work to be done for the Israelite nation, God is not through. God is not neglecting them and leaving them, but it, it can almost seem like it when we, when we take a look at this because Israel, the nation of Israel, and I thought this is, this is not Heath's brain. This is one of the commentaries I studied. Israel is the only nation, and this will make sense to you when I say it. They're the only nation with a complete history, past, present, and future. Past, present, and future because of God's promise. But there's, there's more that Paul wants them to understand. And Paul, Paul is heartbroken for his nation. Go back to, to, uh, to, chapter, or to chapter 9, but verse 3. My people, my Jewish, and brother, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, 
if that would save them. What Paul is telling him, Paul is telling them that, that God has not failed and that they are not, um, they are not being neglected but there's something missing for them. And what's missing for them is what's going on in the church all around them. And, and the Gentile people are a part of this. Putting their faith, putting their faith in Christ alone. Not in all of the other things that they know that we're, we're going to talk about this morning. But putting their faith in Christ alone. And Paul is deeply concerned, deeply worried really stirred up for his people and he says that he's willing to take their place willing to take their punishment if it would save them if it means that they would have that certainty that the others in the church have by putting their faith in Christ and there's there's this deep love that we hear in Paul's voice and Paul knows He's not saying that this can be done, that this would, this would accomplish anything, him doing that, because he's already told us and we know that Jesus is the only way to salvation. But Paul, from his heart, is expressing his willingness to make a huge sacrifice so that his brothers and sisters would know the hope and the peace of Christ. And for us, that just that brings up some questions that we've got to, we've got to wrestle with internally. We're not going to try to wrestle with all these together this morning in a discussion, but we've got to wrestle with that. How willing are we? How much of a sacrifice are we willing to make to know that the people around us know Jesus Christ how willing are we to do that how concerned are we for the people around us that don't know Christ and then here here's the the really the caveat that we've really got to we've really got to talk about because it's not just it, it's not just sharing our faith with someone that doesn't know Christ because the answer the question that we've got to answer first is do we really know if they know Christ and what are we willing to sacrifice so that we know and that they know what are we willing to sacrifice to make him known and we've we've talked about this so many times it's going to cost us something when we surrender our lives to Christ it costs us something we have to give up the old we have to give up things that are part of our past to move forward in our relationship with Christ. But what's it going to cost us in our relationship with the people around us to have that conversation with them? And are, are we willing to make those sacrifices? You know, we, we may wrestle with the idea that, well, if I talk to them about it, they're not going to be my friend anymore. And maybe, maybe for a period of time that might be true. But are we willing to put ourselves on the line so that others would know about Christ? Because as Christ works in their hearts, conversations are going to open up and it's not going to be a lost friendship. It's going to be a redeemed soul. That would be our prayer, that it would be a redeemed soul. But are we willing 
to know that we know that they know. That's really what we've got to take a look at. And it, it comes down to who we are as a church, our core values. Loving God, loving people, serving both. And then we added to that this year everywhere we go. It's part of our life that we're, that we're living our life so that others could see. And then we're, we're, we're asking as we go. We're, we're sharing. We're sharing from our hearts. We're sharing from our lives. And that word that we've established for us this year to know that we would know God, that we would own our faith, and that we would make him known. But it start, it's got to start with us first. Our relationship with him has got to be focused on him. And we've got to give up everything for him first so that we're centered on him to make him known. And I shared with you last week, that's, that's where we're going to go really deep, this second half of Romans and, and to, the, to the end of the book, that, that question, are we allowing the gospel? Are we allowing the gospel to shape our lives and the spirit to control it? And that, that's something that we've all got to wrestle with individually. I, I can't. I cannot stand up here every Sunday morning and answer that question for you and make that a reality for you. You can't go to the women's Bible study or the men's Bible study or another small group that I, that I hope that you're part of and somebody else answer that question. You've got to answer that question for yourself. Are you allowing the gospel to shape your life and the spirit to control your life. And that is, again, like it was in the time when Paul wrote this letter to us today. That's revolutionary stuff. That is revolutionary stuff, especially in the world that we live in today that says no to it all. But we've got to preach it to ourselves. We've got to preach it to our hearts. And we've got to let it transform who we are. Romans 1, 16 and 17. The very foundation of everything that Paul is telling us. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed about the gospel. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. And that's what Paul wants this audience to understand, his Jewish and brothers, brothers and sisters. Because he says the Jews first and also the Gentiles. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Remember, God makes us righteous through the work of Christ. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith in Christ alone, but it's got to start with us. It's got to start with us. It's got to change us first so that it can change the lives of those around us. Let's go back, let's go back to, uh, to Romans chapter 9 because I've, I've preached that message already about 30 times. And I'll keep preaching it. I'm not apologizing. Um, but back to what Paul is saying to, to this audience, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people that are asking these questions about, has God failed? Is, are his promises no good anymore? The, the Jewish people still today are very proud people, very proud people. 
they have, they have a lineage. They have a heritage that they've built everything on. They have, they have their laws that they've built everything on. And they have their covenant that God made with them through Abraham that they have built everything on. And do, do you catch? Do you catch what's working there? There's a five-letter word that's working there, and it, it's pride. The Jewish people had a lot of pride in who they were, and they should. But that pride is getting in the way of who they are in a relationship with God. And Paul's having to defend God's faithfulness, righteousness, and justice, addressing it to a nation that knows it better than anybody else, but has taken all of these things outside of their relationship with God and have built everything else or everything on everything else and he's trying to get them the jewish brothers and sisters and others us too he's trying to get his audience to understand that none of the things none of none of the heritage the laws the covenant none of the things take place of putting faith and trust in christ alone nothing takes the place of that nobody nobody us can claim salvation and righteousness based on heritage, on who we are, or on good deeds, the good things that we've done, because we're, we're, we're building a case outside of the love of Christ and trying to do, remember chapter 7? Trying to do things, trying to hold on to things, trying to live by a standard that is out of reach. And we're free from that. We're free from that weight to live our lives in Christ. And then Paul answers a big question. Go back to, uh, go back to the text with me to uh, verse 14. Romans 9 verse 14. Paul continues to write, Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose. And I will show compassion to to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it or work for it. And, and the Jewish people have. They've done so much to work for. And they've missed. They've missed so much. And it may even, all of this may sound silly to us, but it's legitimate in the context and into the audience that, that Paul is writing to because the Jewish nation, the Jewish people had banked everything. They had banked everything on their own merit as a people. And they had missed, if, if, if you really dig in and look, they had missed the Messiah. They missed him. They put all of their faith in their name and in their merit. And Paul gives us an example like of Pharaoh. He, in, in chapter 9, he gives us lots of different examples, but he uses Pharaoh as one about hardening their heart. Because if you study, go back to Exodus and study and see what, what God did with Pharaoh. Again, that verse, God chooses who he wants for his glory Pharaoh hardened his heart. If you look at that story, 
that account of the plagues as the people of Israel were being released. In the beginning of it, Paul or Pharaoh was hardening his heart. He was receiving instruction and he was saying, nope, I got this. Nope, not going to listen. But then God hardened his heart in the end to show, to show his power and his might and to show his love and his redeeming grace and mercy for his people. God's mercy is for everyone who will believe and trust, and there's nothing that we can do to earn it no matter what we do. Nothing we can do to earn it. And that's what Paul wants the people to understand. Nothing that we can do to earn it by our own merit and works, because if it was something that we could earn, it wouldn't be mercy at all, right? It wouldn't be that free gift if we could earn it and let's go now to the the very end of chapter 9 verses 30 through 33 and, and really see how Paul defines this idea to his people of grace verse 30 what does all of this mean even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards they were made right with God and it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead, instead of trusting in him. They stumbled over a great rock in their path. God warned him of this in Scripture, and this is from Isaiah. I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But everyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Paul, and we're going to continue to see this for the next couple of chapters and through the end of this letter. Paul is emphasizing faith. Faith. Faith in Christ alone. And here's, uh, to, to use a, a big word that I don't normally use in sentences, but here's, here's kind of the paradox of all of this. The Jews sought righteousness but didn't find it, while the Gentile, Gentiles, who were not looking for it, found it. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how, how God works sometimes? It, they, they, they weren't looking, but they found But the ones that were looking in their own methods didn't because they used their privilege as a substitute for Christ. The Jewish people used their privilege as a substitute for Christ. And see the grace of God. See the grace of God in this, the mercy of God. Israel's rejection meant that the gen meant Gentile salvation, meant salvation to the world. I keep using that word Gentile in case in case that you don't understand. Basically all that means is the other people. The Jewish nation, the other people, me, exactly. Me. Everybody else who was outside of where it all started with the covenant that God made with his people that missed 
that missed who he sent to save the world. But again, God is not done. God is not done with his people. The Jewish people worked so hard to honor God, and they still do today, and they thought they had played by the rules. But here's, here's what Paul is telling them. They tripped on the rock that was right in front of them. The rock being the Messiah, the rock being Jesus Christ, because in their eyes and in the way that they had structured everything based on what they had and what they knew, the Messiah didn't make sense to them. And he didn't meet their expectations. They were preparing for a king to come to go to battle and beat everybody up. But the king came in mercy and grace and passion to save the world. And I, as, we, as we wrap up this morning, just a couple of questions that I think we need. There's a lot in this that we need to explore for ourselves. But just a couple of questions as we wrap up and we worship again together. Um, what are we stumbling over? What are we stumbling over today? Because we, we so easily can stumble over Christ, the rock that's right in front of us, right in, in, in our path. Because his values are opposite of what everybody around us is telling us. And we can stumble on that. And for some, salvation by faith just doesn't make any sense. I, I've heard this. I've heard people and had people ask me this. That, that, you know, they'll say that that just doesn't make any sense. Isn't, isn't there something that I have to earn? Isn't there something I have to work for? Don't I, don't I have to, to do? And I've had somebody ask me before, what's the catch? You know, what, what's the catch of all of this? put my trust in Christ and, and my faith alone in Christ, and I don't have to do anything to work for it, even though I don't deserve it. But what, what, what's the, the catch? The catch is, what are we depending on? Are we depending on our righteousness to be based on our good character, or is our righteousness through trusting Christ alone and living in God's grace and mercy that that's what we've got again what we've got to answer and Paul's question in the beginning of the chapter what are we willing to sacrifice to make him known what are we willing to sacrifice for our relationship with him and what are we willing to sacrifice so that somebody else can know that they can put their trust in their faith alone in Jesus Christ for everything everything Nothing else. None of the false things that we've built up and held on to. And then even for us now as believers in the struggle of the silence of life sometimes, what gets in the way? What do we, what do we keep going back to and trying to hold on to that's causing us to stumble and to wander? Wander around and wonder in our minds. What's going on? Depending on Christ 
alone. Christ alone. Let's pray together. Father, uh, as always, God, we just thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for giving, giving your word to men to record it for us so that we can learn and grow from it. But God, not just a, not, not just a bunch of words written on paper that we can bank everything on, but words given to us to strengthen us as we grow in our relationship to you. And God, I, I just have to pause and just say thank you that you love us that much, that you love us despite us, that you have a plan, a plan that we get to be a part of by saying yes and following you. God, as we go from here this morning, God, I pray for those opportunities that we can make your name known. The people around us that we're in contact with every day. And God, challenge us. Challenge us to give something up so that we could know that someone knows and father as, as we worship you this morning i pray that we respond to you as you're leading and directing us to respond and father in in the close of our morning together as we give back to you our tithes and our offerings god just pray Pray that we could see how you multiply those, those things that are already yours and advance your kingdom all around us. Because it's all for your name and your glory and your honor. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a friend than a brother There is no judgment Oh how he loves me I've got a friend